You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. I am Supergirl. This is a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time podcast, a poppychuloradio.com and iTunes exclusive. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, May 1st, 2017. It's gonna be May, and I am your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series' casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts, Brittany Garcia. Hey, everybody. And Katie. Hi, guys. Hope you're doing good tonight. Can't wait to talk about the episode with you. Katie, did you know the meme, It's Gonna Be May? I do. I'm up on that. (laughs) Okay, good. Katie's hip, (laughs) y'all. All All right, let's jump into our recap of Season 6, Episode 19, which was titled The Black Fairy and aired April 30th, 2017. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. In flashback, after Rumpel's mother, Fiona, learns from his fairy godmother that his destiny is prophesied. She does everything in her power to keep it from happening. Ultimately, Fiona will have to make a decision that will change the course of both their lives forever. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, Rumpel faces a similar dilemma. All right, I want to get everyone's initial reaction to the episode, and we'll start off with Brittany. Damn right, you're starting with me. I have a lot of feels. I'm just kidding. The Goddess oh. of Darkness. <laughs> yeah, uh, this episode was just great. 
I feel like maybe as we go on with the podcast and we're talking, I might find some criticisms, but this was just a really good episode. I think it, ex- not that it exceeded my expectations, but it definitely met them. I think we all had a lot of theories about the Black Fairy and what happened to her and what's her past and what's going on, but I think they gave a really nice, solid storyline and it probably got to me more than I thought it would um and it just made me really like the Black Fairy a lot more and their story so there's a lot of death in it and I enjoyed both the flashbacks and the present time I think <gasps> I liked everything which is interesting right because you know me and my rumple stuff but I feel like when they don't focus on Rumbell and their like disaster relationship, but they focus on him oh my trying gosh. to be a better, but they focus on him trying to be a, a a good father and helping everyone else. I I tend to like him a bit more. So um, it was just a it was this was just a really good episode. And I think it set the tone for the next uh, couple episodes to come, or w- what is it, the two last three episodes. So it was just well done and a really good cliffhanger, I might say. Yes, I love the brutal honesty. The disaster of their relationship. It is a disaster. Oh Even if you ship them or not, you know, I, I, I ship some ships on other shows that are kind of a little bit crazy. Not as crazy, but they're crazy. So, <laughs> and, and I know a disaster ship when I see one. But uh, they they haven't been focusing on that. They've been focusing on their son. So it feels a lot better. And it doesn't make me roll my eyes. It makes me feel like this is real. Like, this is what you do for your child. They are your priority. Yes, this is real life. Yeah. All right, Katie. Katie Licious. Do you agree (laughs) with Brittany? Or are you on a completely different ship since uh, we're talking about ships? (laughs) (laughs) I'm on the same ship. Oh. Toot toot. That's what a tugboat does, right? Toot toot. Yes. I thought the episode was great. Um, It was super intense the entire way through. We got a really good backstory for the Black Fairy. Plus, really great acting from Jamie Murray, um, who plays the Black Fairy. She did such a good job with that role. Um, We got to see an old face that we haven't seen in well since season three, really. Um, We got a lot of really good rumple stuff we got some great a little scene at the end that was a great little hook scene there but um it was just it was a good episode it was intense and it started to really speed up what's happening in the plot so i think that they did a really good job with it i enjoyed it a lot yeah and i am three for three i enjoyed the episode as well, for all the reasons that both of you already mentioned, my only problem and the only negative is just sort of like a woulda, coulda, shoulda. Like, I wish that we had seen more from the Black Fairy before. Like, I wish that this was like the second mm-hmm. Black Fairy flashback episode where we got yeah. even more juicy information from her because it just... They they gave us a lot of information and it felt tremendously rushed and and I wish that we could have had like a moment to like pause and like really savor what we're seeing like they could have they without really going too deep into the episode like there's that one point in the flashback where in my mind 
like they could have paused right there and that would have been like the first set of flashbacks for the black fairy in, in an episode earlier this season and then like the second half could have been like this episode where we finally got like how she turned dark or something like that like that's that was just my only hope i guess you know it, it's sort of like armchair um you know showrunner type of thing but besides that i thought it was a really interesting episode very intense as both of you mentioned and uh, i'm excited to chat with both of you about it but before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of once upon a time here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments? or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Alright, let's get into it. A quick shout out to the opening title card, which showcased three fairies, Fiona, Tiger Lily, and the Blue Fairy flying around in the forest. So let's start off in the past. Many years ago... We see a uh, young Fiona and Malcolm welcoming their son on a cold winter's night. And uh, once Fiona gives birth to her son, the candles start to flicker. And in come uh, two fairies, the Blue Fairy and Tiger Lily. Tiger Lily is announced as uh, the the child's uh, fairy godmother and uh, Fiona's like I've I've read about fairies and fairy godmothers usually it's just one why are there two and so they explain that the child is destined to become a savior he is prophesized to do good and uh, Fiona is initially worried about the outcome of his saviorhood but tiger lily reassures her and uh later on we see that fiona has become obsessed with this knowledge asking tiger lily to bring her various books from the fairy vault to learn more about fairy lore and uh fairy prophecies and uh with the the knowledge that she's acquired she's learned that there's a great evil out there that's uh, supposed to snuff out the savior and uh, fiona has become become obsessed with this she hasn't been sleeping she hasn't been eating uh, she's been focused on uh, this darkness that's going to be arriving to uh, take her son away and so uh, 
Tiger Lily's trying to reassure her, and uh, Fiona gives Tiger Lily her son, and, and Tiger Lily's like, you know, uh, you are supposed to raise the child, I'm supposed to protect your child. And while Tiger Lily is holding her son, um, Fiona ends up taking Tiger Lily's wand and with a magical incantation transforms herself into a fairy. And uh, she uh, basically asks Tiger Lily for her help in tracking down every child that was born during the current winter season in order to figure out who this uh, person is going to be that's going to uh, snuff out the savior. Apparently, this evil that was born during this winter season will have a crescent moon scar on uh, their um, their wrist. And... Uh, and Fiona is hell-bent on believing that this person will kill her son. And so she asks Tiger Lily for some more help to get into the fairy vault where she wants to create a, a spell, basically, a protection spell to protect her child. And so even though Tiger Lily is hesitant... Fiona's pleas to help protect her child, like, this is what you're supposed to do, you're the fairy godmother, you know, basically, Tiger Lily gives in. And so, inside the vault, Tiger Lily discovers that Fiona is not working on a protection spell to sort of, like, you know, the most protective of protection spells. Fiona is working on a curse that would banish the child uh, with uh, the crescent moon, and actually every child, uh, into a land without magic so that they are not able to harm Fiona's child. And uh, in particular, after, you know, Fiona learns that the Savior's fate is to die in the final battle against this uh individual brandishing the crescent moon scar and so fiona ends up becoming furious with tiger lily you know once tiger lily like tries to stop her from uh enacting this curse or creating this curse it, it uh forces fiona to rip tiger lily's heart out and at that moment when fiona sort of exclaims aloud that she is willing to crush Tiger Lily's heart, that Fiona becomes the Black Fairy. And as a result, the Crescent Moon Scar appears on her wrist, revealing that she is the threat against her child. That it is her child, it is her herself and her child that are destined to battle each other. The Blue Fairy arrives, and the Blue Fairy ends up is basically stating, you know, no one's crushing anybody's hearts. She returns Tiger Lily's heart back into her, and uh, 
then Tiger Lily has the idea that you know there there's this thing called the Shears of Destiny that Fiona can use to break her son's that that Fiona can use to break her own destiny, giving up her own power so that none of this uh, you know deal with uh, her battling her her son can happen. But Fiona ends up wanting to retain her power, feeling that she can use her power to. Um, protect her child so she ends up snipping her child's fate and uh and she's like well now that my my child's fate has been snipped i can protect him and we can be together but uh the blue fairy as a result banishes fiona into the dark realm but not before she promises that she will find her child afterwards the fairies return the child to Malcolm, and uh, he tells them that he loved Fiona. She was the sweetest person. She's the love of my life. And now, you know, this child that brought us happiness, all I, I see him as is uh, the reason why my wife is gone. And so he names his child Rumpelstiltskin. All right. Let's get into it. The good, the bad, the ugly, the darkness of it all. Let's talk about the flashback. What did we think of Fiona, her reasoning for doing what she did, Tiger Lily, the return of Malcolm, and of course, the Blue Fairy. We'll start off with Katie. Well, I like I said before, I really enjoyed... This backstory, first of all, like, give a shout out to the costuming department, Eduardo Castro. He did s such a good job with um, the Blackberry's costumes, or Fiona, whatever we can call her Fiona now, that's right. With Fiona's costumes, I've always, I always loved her costume as a Blackberry, but um, seeing her costumes, like her fairy costume, um... And also seeing just the other stuff that she wore throughout this episode. There was a lot there. And they were all gorgeous. I really liked them a lot. Um, but I, I liked how this episode or this flashback gave us gave us a look. Like a deeper look into her character. Um, which it was designed to do. But I think that they did it in a very good way. Um, like you said, it would have been nice to... Maybe have it split up into two episodes so we got a little bit more content. Um, but I think for what we got, it was done really well. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I was worried that they were going to make her character's um, reason for being evil too... I don't know how you would say it, but like too soft and... It would just because I liked how her character just seemed to be evil for evil's sake, and we did get a reason for why she went evil, but her character still still chose power over her child, and still followed in these bad steps that everyone in Rumpelstiltskin's family has followed. Um, so I wasn't disappointed with what they did with her character at all. I liked it a lot. Um, I loved how we got to see Malcolm again. Um, he wasn't in too many scenes, but the scenes he was in were good. It, it, 
it was a lot different than what we've we saw of him in season three when he turned into Peter Pan. Um, that was more of a carefree uh, jerk type of a guy. This guy was like someone who was actually in love. And so it was interesting to see like a different side of him. But it brought more depth to his character too, which is always appreciated. Um, and then the last thing I just wanted to mention was that I liked seeing t- um, Tiger Lily as a fairy. She, like I said, when the, when, in the first episode she was introduced in, I love her. And I'm so glad that we got to see her in this entire backstory, really, um, and got to delve into her character more. Um, but her dress was gorgeous, too. And I just, it was fun to see how her tail interwove with the black fairies i mean we think we know tiger lily from the peter pan mythology but as always once upon a time puts their own spin on it and uh, makes it a little bit more exciting so that was fun i enjoyed that a lot um so i like i said the flashbacks were super intense and they were really good and well done so good job on them all right yeah, I enjoyed the flashback as a whole as well. It was just, it was a lot of information. And, like, in it my was. mind, at the moment where she transformed herself into a fairy, like, that could have been the end of uh, the flashbacks had they split it up yeah. into episodes. Because we would have gotten a lot more information on like her research into like the fairy lore because i'm not gonna lie like i thought that was really fascinating like that the fairies have all these books about prophecies and this or that or the other like we could have gotten maybe a little bit more information on the fairies and whatnot that we haven't gotten because we don't we ha- i mean i think we can count on one hand how many episodes we've had that that have been flashbacks that are fairy specific there aren't that many, and so I think it would have been nice to have gotten a little bit more information on that kind of stuff, and to sh- really show her, um, her madness, I guess, for lack of a better wor- word, or maybe her obsession, maybe that's a better word, mm-hmm. um, like, continue to grow, and, like, how that obsession darkened her, uh, and then, like, the next, like, if, if, if it would have split up into two, then the next episode could have been like seeing how she continued to get darker how she became into the black fairy and then how she got banished but unfortunately we don't have the time they they are literally rushing to the final battle and so we only had one episode with flashbacks of the black fairy and what we saw was really good i also have to give kudos to uh, the costuming as well i liked that our girl blue got a brand new costume i really liked tiger lilies priscilla isn't here with us today but she had mentioned that she hoped tiger lilies costume was orange because the tiger lily flower is and and it was so i I thought that was really neat as well and uh, i loved the moment in the vault I, i i thought the vault was like really neat looking and uh, I love that there was like a turning point and a moment in her life where she actually turned into the black fairy. Like she started off as like a yellow fairy and then because she decided to do something that was considered 
evil uh, that all of a sudden she just morphed into the Black Fairy. I thought that was really neat how they did that. Um, as far as like her banishment, I still think that was like a little weird uh, because it, it was almost like, you know, this is going on here and then like, oh, okay, well, she, she cut um, her son's fate and this is out of the other and then all of a sudden, boom, she's getting banished. And I'm like, okay, that was really rushed, but um, I guess what can you do? Brittany, what did you think of the flashback? Well, I well, liked them a lot. Was that a preview I mean, to, to the musical episode? Yes. Okay. I um I did have my own theories on the Black Fairy, and I know we kind of you know touched on that, and maybe more so of what we hoped we would see when we did get this flashback. Um, I had some other thoughts. I thought that she was already gonna be a fairy and had an affair and had a child or something, you know, and they were going to take the child away because she's not supposed to. Like, this was my theory. Something like that, that the fairies couldn't be in love. Because I think we had something like that, didn't we? With Grumpy and his... Grumpy uh, and Nova. Yeah, so I thought that that was going to be her thing, that maybe she might have been, like, a party girl type of uh, fairy. And oh my gosh, she she's, a the, one -night stand she's or, the Paris Hilton of fairies. Yeah, like, a, like, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having fun and stuff. It's just she would have crossed the line because she likes to be a rebel. Like, this was the type of theories I had. And because I was also wondering how the hell she fell in love or wanted to have a kid with, you know, Peter Pan. Um, and we never really got anything for him, like, pre-Rumple. We got everything, you know, after, post-Rumple and the yeah. way he is. And it just makes him so unlikable. And even here, I feel like there was something about him that made me like him at all like he still blames rumple for his for for fiona's abandonment or death or whatever and i was like bro you're not gonna get any sympathy from me from hating a child like yeah, the, uh, especially an infant so he's still trash you know i felt no sympathy for him but fiona was interesting because she comes off as you know the mother that wants to protect her child but you totally sense she has a a little bit of craziness in her already with how much she wants to save her son and that's not to say that we don't have any crazy characters either because we do i mean the whole series has been about like snow and charming trying to make sure emma stays alive and that she doesn't die or fulfill her destiny you know we're finally on season six where everyone's kind of accepting the fact that her fate might actually not be something that they're looking forward to so I was like, okay, well, let's see what they're going to do with Fiona. And I still liked her character. Don't get me wrong. It was just, I was just like, damn, like she just went into like madness, like you said. But I think it's also because they fed, she fed into the, the books, you know, Tiger Lily provided. And it just, it fed into her obsession and it in turn made her dark and like paranoid. And, so, and it was just, it was just crazy. But um, I guess I'm okay with her becoming a fairy on her own and then turning black. I was like, okay, that's fine with me. I don't mind that. Um, but I really do like that her own, not I don't want to say carelessness, but her own craziness and paranoia is what got her to, uh, to actually be the ultimate villain against her son. I thought that was a great twist. It was, that was just fantastic. And I did not see the savior twist coming for rumple but i do okay, see yeah me neither but yeah but i do see how now 
when he became the dark one, he fed more into like the darkness, like how Fiona is. You know, they had a lot of parallels when they when they had their own conversation in the present. But I really like that that he really just like fell into the darkness with the power, and then so did she with the black fairy power. I was like, man, I I really really enjoyed all of that. But I think uh, there's a reason why they put a lot of emphasis on us finding out that Rumple was destined to be a savior. I feel like she may have severed his fate in the long run, but not really severed who he is. Like you, I like you can have the fate as a savior, but I think in you, you're a savior. So I feel like that's going to come into play later when we go into predictions and stuff. Okay. That's interesting because I sort of took it as when she used the shears that she completely cut him off from being a savior. So he's no longer a savior. Okay. Well, it's because I, I, I kind of like compare it to Regina where all she knew was dark magic, but she actually has light magic in her. And I feel like the same could be said for Rumple If he just became like an actual like decent person, I feel like he has the potential to be a savior. Like it's kind of like marked in him, even if he's not supposed to be the one to save everybody. But I feel like they were hinting at that Rumple is supposed to be some other kind of savior. I don't know how to explain it. Because didn't also uh, Aladdin use the shears? Correct. But at the end of the day, he wasn't a savior anymore. So that's why I'm using Aladdin as an example. Because once Aladdin used the shears on himself, he wasn't the savior. At the end of the day, it was Jasmine who ended up being the one that saved Agrabah, at least. That's true, but maybe it's because Aladdin still, but Aladdin still tried to help, even if he didn't have, because he didn't even have powers, did he? He was just chosen as a savior. See, that's why I, I'm like, I'm like trying to figure out like how this works. But Emma, Emma actually has light power, and she's the product of true love. So I'm just trying to see like where Rumple falls into that. But considering Rumple does have the dark one powers, I feel like his his magic doesn't always have to be dark. And I think with knowing that he had the potential to be a savior doesn't mean he still can't be one. So I I have predictions for that, but just just that's the gist of how I liked the the flashbacks. I thought it was awesome, but I like you. I did want more from her. I I probably wanted a a pre rumple story for her mm-hmm. to see a little to see a little bit more. But I'm I'm kind of okay with this. We we slowly see. Uh, in the flashbacks, as we as we watch the episode, how she's just descending into, you know, crazy mother, like the opposite of an evil like mother. She's uh, she's actually really trying to protect her kid, but in doing so, she uh, she does the wrong thing. So she's a helicopter parent. Yeah, and it it, it was crazy, <laughs> but it uh, but it also explains a lot where Rumple gets his shit from. You know, excuse my language, but yeah, he he, like, he, it... he points it out later on that mm-hmm. you know I'm like you. And I was like, damn. This family is messed up, man. They're cray-cray. <laughs> They're cray-cray. Cray. Cray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the cray, let's get into present day Storybrook USA. And we start off at the pawn shop. And uh, Gold is trying to wake Mother Superior, a.k.a. the Blue Fairy, up with the breath of a um, dragon's egg in which the dragon died in the egg. So it's like a stillborn dragon. 
Yeah, Wait. something like that. Yeah. And when he opened the egg up, it was all like swirly stuff. And I'm like, shouldn't there be like a um, dragon fetus in there? But Ugh. Oh, gross. But I'm just saying. Eight o'clock on a Sunday night. Oh, gosh. Like, if you <laughs> open up like a, a chicken's egg with like a, you know, a, a, a chicken that didn't hatch. There's like a chicken in there. I'm just saying. You're dark. You're you're twisted. <laughs> oh gosh! Says the woman that was enjoying watching another woman spiral into darkness in the flashbacks. Ah. Oh gosh! And so, uh, so, okay. So he cracks the egg. The um, dragon's breath seeps out. We see the blue fairy inhale all this, all the vapors, and this, that, or the other. And it seems as if it failed. And so Rumple heads on outside. He sends a, a newspaper box flying, and Bell runs out and calms him down, basically saying, "You know, you tried, you tried. Everyone knows that you tried." But Emma comes out and uh, shares the good news. It seems as if Blue woke up. And so, Hook immediately starts grilling the woman. Not gonna lie, I thought this was so annoying, and I love me some <laughs> Hook. But I'm like, this woman just woke up, and it serves him right for what happened. And I hope that this is a learning lesson for Hook. Because he starts berating this woman who's like out of like a coma, basically. Like, what do you know about this? And uh, it's like, bro, I just woke up. Basically, I I like down hook. And then like everyone's like, calm down. She just woke up. And but like Blue is like, you know, the other half is in the center of town. And so then we learn, or at least hopefully Hook learns, why you don't rush in asking questions, because we find out that even though it seems as if all of our heroes are there. Snow is not snow, and charming is not charming. S uh, snow morphs into the Black Fairy, and charming morphs into Gideon. Turns out the charmings weren't even there, and uh, and we learned this while we have that horrifying image of snow choking the Blue Fairy, <laughs> which is very gangsta. But the, the, Snow's the not that gangsta. That I didn't see coming. I know Snow is the Black Fairy. Yeah. <laughs> that oh was, gosh. That was scary. I'm it not was. gonna lie, that was scary. I was like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> I know, yeah, right? I something was off, and she was just putting her hand on her neck, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, Snow White, <laughs> what are you doing there? What, what's going on here? Cora might not be around, but it uh, doesn't mean that the Black Fairy can't Cora people. That's true. So, uh, yeah, so Fiona is now choking the life out of the Blue Fairy. Gideon is there, but uh, Fiona ends up escaping with the Blue Fairy. But Gideon is stopped by Gold as he places one of those uh, anti-magic cuffs on him. And he vows that he's going to get his son's heart back. And so everyone is searching for the wand. And uh, Gold tells Bell that he has the, like a, a good idea on how to uh, find out where Gideon's heart is. Because Gideon obviously can't tell them because he's under 
the power of uh, the Black Fairy, he's going to use some of Morpheus's powder to transport them into his dream realm. And uh, so uh, he ends up like throwing some of the powder onto Gideon. Emma's there, and he ends up throwing some of the powder to Emma. And uh, Gold ends up throwing some of the powder onto himself. And so they uh, are transported to the Dream Realm, entering what they think is uh, Gideon's dream. So we're going to pause right here, and let's discuss a little bit of this. Emma, the, uh, the waking up of Mother Superior... And uh, Fiona and Gideon ruining a lovely moment. Katie. Okay, well... I'm trying to think of what to say. It well, was wasn't that kind of dumb of Hook? I'm just saying. What? Because, like, if he wouldn't have said anything, like, maybe she wouldn't have... The, bl the blue fairy wouldn't have said anything, and then, like, the black fairy wouldn't have known anything. Yeah, yeah. I was like, bro, calm down, calm down. She just woke up. But, uh, I love the section, because I actually <laughs> was not suspecting Snow to be Fiona and Charming to be Gideon at all. Like, that <laughs> threw me for a loop. Um... Because, yeah, when Snow started, like, choking her, I was like, what the heck? And I loved how Emma was like, Mom, what are you doing? Fifty Shades of Hay. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Like, I wasn't expecting that. That was, that was a good plot twist. Um, but, I mean, it was a good section. I, you know, I was glad that Blue was finally awake. And they're able to further the plot by finding out where the other half of the uh, wand was. But, um, I, it was a good section. I don't have much to say about it, but, yeah, it was good. What about you, Brittany? Mm. It was good. I think the hook thing was kind of funny, you know, since there's a lot of uh, hook fans out there, at least the ones I associate myself with. Um, the hookers. The hookers, yes. We're all <laughs> hookers for life. Yes. Um, yeah. I was just like, damn, you know, what, what you doing? But I think you're right, uh, Jeff. I think uh, at least him, like, showing her what it is and or, like, in her face, like, it gave us a little, like, window of opportunity for her to say what she had to say. And for once, our... And let the words fall our, out. Yeah, and for once, I mean, I know <laughs> oh we're, not, we're not there yet, but for once, like, our group didn't take like 10 episodes to find it <laughs> it took them like, i know it was days. amazing i was super <laughs> proud of them i'm like are we getting smarter and it only had to be like till season six? no like, that's because we're rushing to the <laughs> final battle <laughs> oh, oh okay so if we had this episode like in the premiere we would barely be getting it like right now like yes they would have found it at the mid-season finale <laughs> but no, I, I like that, uh, you know, Regina's smart and everyone figures it out. But um, I do like the fact that the the egg had to take a long time for her to, to smell it and wake her up. And I, I still don't understand how that works, but okay, you know, it was 
just really weird. Like it smells it's so bad. smelling salts. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like it smells so bad, it woke her up. I'm like the worst way to wake up from a coma. <laughs> what oh the gosh, it's one of yeah. Maleficent's uh, eggs. Yeah, and I mean we're not we're not totally there in the episode yet, but I do I do want to say is uh, is that. I know that a lot of people have been thinking the blue fairy might be the black fairy or she might be evil or something because she's really shady. But the thing is, she's, she's not a, shady. She's not. She's just a, she just has like a bitchy exterior sometimes. But I feel like, like you said, just because we haven't gotten so many um, backstories on the fairies and how their world works too much. Like all we've seen is blue come out in them and be a little bit like bitchy. But that's because she's like she runs the place. I so think I she's like know- the queen bee. That's why yeah. she's Mother Superior. Yeah, and that's why I want to see, like, a day in her life, because I feel like she deals with a lot of bullshit, and maybe that's why she's she is the way she is, but I think this episode really cleared up, like, where she stands and who she is. Yeah. So, uh, you know, props to Blue for that. So... I agree. I was exci- yeah, and I was excited for her, so... I, and to me, I thought that the Black Fairy versus the Blue Fairy was going to be like a really big rivalry, but I guess we didn't get that. But that's okay. I feel like there's enough stuff going on, but I kind of would have liked that. Yeah. But we, get a, but we still get a little bit of that when she kidnaps her and they're in that cave and they're talking. And you just see the total difference in characters of like who they are. And it's just really compelling to watch. There's a part of me that hoped that they were sisters or something like that. Yeah, and that would have like that, yeah. yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. bonded them for life or something like that but obviously that's not the route that the writers went but uh I- i'm i'm glad that uh blue got a chance to uh, to show that, that that she is you know she might be of the mantra like ain't nobody got time for that you know when it comes to shenanigans and whatnot but it, it was interesting i they did a lot of neat stuff with her character like the very with the very tiny scenes that we got to see her in in this episode and uh, let's actually get into that so while emma gideon and gold are in the dream realm we'll get into that in just a moment while all that's going on regina decides to help zelina deal with her recent loss of magic and uh, she does so after a very hilarious moment with uh, building a baby crib. Um, Regina's like, I've got an idea for you. And there were car keys. And it was a green car. And uh, Regina hopes to help Zelina learn how to drive said car because she wants Zelina to escape Storybrooke with her daughter and Henry before the final battle because uh, Regina does not want Henry to be there to see all the carnage and whatnot. And uh, there was a tender moment between the sisters in which Zelina was like, so you trust me in like raising Henry and stuff? And uh, Regina was like, no, I trust Henry in helping raise you, which I thought was like adorable and so elsewhere in town snow uh david and hook are searching for the other part of the wand and fiona has mother superior as a prisoner under the mines Uh, mother superior is like i'm not helping you no matter what you do nothing you can do can make me tell you where the wand is and all of a sudden like fiona opens up this weird uh like cache of uh, or cache of 
like, I don't even know what the hell that was. Like, it looked like torture stuff, but it also looked like teeny tiny little wands. And I was like, I don't know what they're trying to do, but, um... She's intense, man. Yes, the blue fairy looked, like, a little nervous, but, like, that's really all that we got from the scene. So, like, we don't know what that was, how she was going to use it, she was going to, like, give her a lobotomy or something. It was, like, a little bit of flashbacks to Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Like, I don't know what the <laughs> hell was going on, but that was going on in the mines. And uh, all of a sudden, Snow calls Regina for help. And Snow's like, you know, we are in the clock tower because this is the exact center of the town. We checked, you know, the geography and all that kind of stuff. And so then Regina's like, oh, you know what? Fairies sometimes speak metaphorically. So maybe it's not the exact, like, geographical center of the town. Maybe it's the heart of the town. And so then all of a sudden, they're like, well, the heart of the town is Granny's. And I'm like, how is Granny's the heart of town? But okay. Because they're always there. Like, that's where everyone gathers for yeah, the time. Yeah, that's where everything goes down. Apparently. Yeah, Granny's. So Granny's <laughs> is the heart of the town. And so they all decide we all need to go to Granny's to find this wand. So uh, Regina poofs herself. No more uh, driver's ed for Zelina. And then the other heroes arrive. And... Uh, they arrive after, I guess, Regina's kind of ransacked the gra- grannies a little bit because Granny's not having it. She's like, it's lunch splush. And so the heroes don't help her. They, like, they start, like, tearing everything apart under the booths and the, the cushions and everything when all of a sudden they realize jukebox. So they push the jukebox out the way and they find a loose tile and uh they lift it up and of course there is the other half of the wand and so they are about to put the wand together when this is the moment that they decide to question they're like are you you like we should really have a safe word for this and uh fiona shows up and she's like i am the black fairy and so Regina challenges her to a duel for the wand. She's like, this is my town. It's my rules. So we're going to fight. And uh, the Black Fairy's like, well, I've never killed a queen before. And Regina's like, well, I've never killed a fairy before. And so they head on out. And just as Fiona starts to use her magic on Regina, Zelina crashes into Fiona. Fiona does the whole flipping over the entire car type of thing. She lands on the concrete. Um, it seems like she's okay. She's maybe a little shook. Uh, Zelina yells out, Miss me! And uh, Fiona disappe- disappears in a poof of black smoke. And then uh, Zelina has a great line of like, oh, you know, driving isn't that bad when you're actually trying to hit something. So let's discuss this. Uh, Regina helping Zelina drive, Regina's heartfelt plea to her sister, uh, and then, like, the whole wand of it all, and uh, the, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a battle, but uh, the fight that almost happened between Fiona and Regina before Zelina came crashing through. We'll start off with Brittany. So... I liked all of this. All of this was probably some of my favorite moments in the episode, especially uh, Regina's stuff, uh, um, challenging Black Fairy to to the duel. But um, 
as far as Zelina and Regina go, they I still feel like they rushed them, but you know what? Like I'm just over it. You this know, is the season the of rushing. Yeah. And I mean, they took away Zelina's powers and everything, and I guess that's punishment for the really horrible stuff she did back then. Um, I've, I've already learned after watching so many television shows that if you don't like something, just ignore it, and it's okay. And you really get mm -hmm. to enjoy you really get to enjoy the stuff of where it is now. Mm -hmm. um, so I really enjoyed Regina's uh, plea. Zelina, although Zelina did annoy me when she was trying to drive and she was already getting really frustrated. I'm like, man, that's just a, I think that's just a Zelina thing. I think she has no patience whatsoever. And I'm like, you want to, you want this lady to raise Henry? But I love that she says, no, Henry's gonna raise you. I was like, oh my god, that's perfect. But I thought that, uh, that it made a lot of sense because Zelina, you know, she was making a lot of points like, how am I going to help you when I don't have my powers? Like, how am I gonna contribute? You know, even if she always says, you know, I just she just wants to protect her daughter. I know she still wants to protect Regina a little bit. You know, it's there. But she can't really do that. But in a way, she can. And that's what Regina is telling her to do. And she's like, you know, if everything goes go south. Because you know you gotta have you got to have that one character that that is weighing the options. And they know that even with all the help in the world, some there might be some casualties. Something might go wrong. So if it does, you know, take Henry with you. Get out of here. Let's go. Um, and I thought that that was a very sweet moment. And I think that shows a lot of trust that Regina has in Zelina, despite all of their past and uh, bad blood. So it just it shows a lot. Like, even though Regina was a little bit mean to Zelina and I feel like it was okay. Um, this just shows you that she's always uh, shown faith in her. And I think what Zelina did last episode really, like, you know, helped out uh, Regina with this. So I thought that, that that was all nice. The car thing was funny. And then at Granny's, I love everyone working together and Granny being all bitchy, like, you know, gr like a grumpy grandma, like, get out of my store. What are you doing? It's What is it? Rush hour lunchtime? Or something? Yeah, I, I know, right? Like, she had the food ready. Yeah, she was. It was hilarious. I was dying. And I just, I love that the, ju uh, the jukebox was the place that had the wand. And I think my favorite line of the entire episode was uh, the Black Fairy appearing and saying, you know, I, I've done a lot of dark stuff in my time, but I've never killed a queen. And Regina's like, well, I've never killed a fairy. I was like, oh, my God, it's so awesome. <laughs> it was so cool. I don't know why, but I just loved them, too. And I'm like, oh, my God, Black Fairy versus the queen. You know, and I, I, I don't even say evil queen, just versus the queen. I just love that she says that and... You know, Regina, like, she gets them both outside, and they're going to duel. And I was so excited. And I know people like the um, Zelina running over her, but I really didn't. I, I really wanted a duel. I loved um, it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I hate it, though, that she just, like, got up like nothing. I'm like, you got run over by a freaking car. She's the Black Fairy, man. Like, I don't yeah. care. Like, she's supposed to have, like, shin splints <laughs> or something. broken bone or something, yeah. Well... I mean, well, you you can blame that on Zelina not really knowing how to drive a car, so maybe she didn't hit her with the force <laughs> with the force that she needed. Oh but, my um, gosh! I think any of us <laughs> that got hit that way would be you know like what? in crutches. But that's why she poofed away anyway, because maybe she was weakened by that, and now she needs to go drink some tea, and she's gonna yeah, be better. Yeah, she's gonna go and but, find um, a, a dragon's egg. 
Exactly. So um, I wasn't, I was like, whatever with that. I guess because I've seen that in a lot of TV shows. I've seen the person come at the right time and run them over. That's like the third one I've seen, I think, in like the past two years, which was like. Oh my gosh. What was it? The one in Arrow? Oh, it happens like all the time on Arrow. Well, it used to. Like we missed that. Like we need to see that happen. Yeah. When Felicity runs over that chick. When she's bitching about her, she's like, I'm going to kill Felicity. Felicity just runs over her or, you know, runs into her. And then the other one was they ran into Black Siren in, uh, in Flash. And then here she runs over. Like, everyone's just running over everybody. Um, but it's a good it way. Fine. It was fine. Whatever. I'm not mad about it. But I did enjoy what led up to it. And I really did want to see them duel. But it, still, we got a little bit of it, and that just showed how strong the Black Fairy is, although I feel like we already saw that, too, when it was Regina and the Wicked Witch versus her, and they didn't do anything, and that really scares me, because I'm like, how are they gonna defeat her, you know, but I just enjoyed Regina just being a badass, like, yeah. pretty much, like, I mean, I'm, Regina's my favorite, so when when she gets to shine like that, like, oh, just, oh, I just, I loved it, I, I love it. And Black Fairy is becoming like my favorite like villain. Like I really like her. So she's all giggly and she's like, you know, I'm just gonna kill you and I don't care. Like I love, I love <laughs> that. I love yes. like that. I just absolutely, I don't care that she had a a sad backstory or whatever. I like how she is mm-hmm. now. That counts a lot. So you are the yeah. queen of darkness. So I'm gonna ask you this versus Katie. What did you think was gonna happen well, when Blue was down there? <laughs> And she, like, whips out all these, like, things that we didn't really see her use. But, like, what was going on in your imagination? Because you watch Game of Thrones and all of those kind of shows. <laughs> okay, okay. For me, what it looked like when I was looking at, like, those tools, they look like fairy torture tools. Like, it probably... She knows that she can't torture Blue in the traditional way, but she can definitely do it in another way. And since she's In the, the fairy fairy way. She knows how to do the fairy way, so <laughs> I think that's why Blue showed some, like, you know, she was scared. I mean, she she was, you know, standing her ground as much as she could, but she was afraid of what was, like, in her face. Because she, you know, she takes out one of the tools and she's pointing it at her. So it's probably, like, the equivalent of what happened in Wonderland, but, like, the fairy version. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Black Fairy has some fairy tools tucked away and knows how to use them. So... I wouldn't be surprised if she tortured her. I don't even know, you know, if they saved her at the end of the episode or is she still uh, taken. I don't think they mentioned her like ever again, right? They did. We'll get into that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I think. It, it was probably some kind of torture stuff and maybe, like you said, a lobotomy. I mean, the whole point of taking her was so she wouldn't tell her darkest secret. So, I mean, how do you make someone forget? Or at Whoa, least not they have potions at least, at for that. We know. Well, yeah, but you, you know make the Black them Fairy's sing. Do that. You know the Black Fairy's gonna do something to her, not like, oh, here, take a potion, whatever. No, she's gonna be evil. <laughs> she's gonna the Black be Fairy. Evil. Yeah, I mean, she ain't called the, you know, almost Black Fairy. It's Black <laughs> Fairy. You know, like it's, it's almost. I, I mean, seriously, <laughs> she's <laughs> going. She's, she's not going to take the easy way out of being evil. She's just going to embrace it. So, You know like when they tell you in the horror movies, when you when you finally get the bad guy down, are you going to leave him there? Or should you like do something else to make sure he doesn't get up? 
That's what she's gonna do with the blueberry. <laughs> she's not gonna just give you the memory thing because oh, there's a bunch of people there that know magic and maybe they can reverse it. So torture. Well, there you go. <laughs> Katie, what about you? What did you think of uh, this storyline with Regina's Lena, the Granny's adventure, and uh, then the duel? Well, I really enjoyed this section too, for sure. Um, I specifically liked um, the scene where they were in Granny's and they were like, Snow's like, wait. How do I know that you are you? And they're like, we need a, we need a safe word. I was like, D you should... <laughs> Smart. They should have been doing this the entire time. Super true. The entire, like, series. They need to have, like, a safe word. Because how many times have they been, like... Impersonated. Tricked by, yeah, like, tricked by Cora and all these people. <laughs> I, I, it was really funny that they finally, like, thought about this after all this time. Um... But that was just, like, a funny little quip. But I love how Granny, when they walked in, was just, like, she was so pissed off. <laughs> She's like, man, I got lasagna already, and I got the lunch hour. I don't got time for this. She's um, got a and then they ruined Geppetto's it, they meatloaf. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But um, that was great. I love Granny. She's, like, perpetually grumpy, and I love her. She's amazing. Yes, but we do not ship Granny with Grumpy. Oh, no, we do not. We do not do that. Um, but I loved the sections with Selena and Regina in this episode, especially at the beginning where Selena's like getting frustrated over putting together an Ikea crib and she's like, she wants to drive, but she's getting frustrated learning how to drive. Uh, that's so her character. And it, it added to an intense, it added like a comedic, break to an intense episode with those just those few scenes um and I, I love how the scene where Regina is teaching how to drive starts out funny but then it kind of ends in a serious note for them um it shows that their characters are coming they're they're developing and their relationship is developing and they're trying to be cordial and to understand each other now um but I, I just, I really enjoyed those scenes. It gives, like I said, it gives a comedic break to all the intensity that was going on in this episode. There were so many plot twists happening right and left that it was nice to kind of take a, a little break with those few scenes and just laugh. Um, but in the, the scene where <laughs> Zelina, like, barrels the Black Fairy over was so funny. I don't... It, <laughs> I was not expecting it, and then just out of nowhere, the Black Fairy's, like, flying through the air, and Zelina's, like, you know, she says the line about how um, it's easier to drive when you're trying to hit something. <laughs> it was great. It was just... I Katie's mean, like, the story of my life. I know, right? <laughs> she runs over people, too. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Every day. In the snow. <laughs> Um, but, I mean, it, it says something about the Black Fairy's power that she wasn't very, like, she wasn't hurt at all from this. It says something about her power and, like, how, how strong she is. Um, I mean, we get, we've gotten that feeling from her since she came on the show, but just the more that we see of her, 
it shows that this isn't, it's not going to be an easy task to take her down. And I love, I love that they're doing this with this character, that she doesn't seem to have any huge flaws or anything that's going to really damage her easily. So, um, I like how we have this character who, like, um, Brittany is saying, she has a sad backstory, but she's still, she's still crazy. Um, she was willing to just take down Regina and fight with her. And Regina, you know, of course is like, well, I'm fine with that too. But, um, the black fairy is just, she's intense. And I, she's, she is becoming one of my favorite um, villains on the show to date just because she has a sad backstory, but she's still like crazy in current day. And um, she keeps in line with the really the same patterns that go on in the Rumpelstiltskin family tree. Like the same thing happens throughout every generation pretty much with them. And I like how we see that repeated with her. Um, one of my favorite things about her is her giggle. Like that's that's what Rumpelstiltskin is I would say a lot of people associate Rumpelstiltskin with in Fairytale Land is his giggle. Um, his dark giggle. And so Ooh. we see that that was Yeah <laughs> We see that that was passed down through his mother and I like how we we get to see that. That's really exciting and she does a really good job with it. So I really like the Black Fairy and these few sections were some of my favorites in the entire episode for sure. Amen, girl. Amen. <laughs> All right. You guys left me nothing to discuss. So I will just say <laughs> I didn't I know, right? I did enjoy the car scene. I like that we're finally getting some sisterly bonding between uh, Regina and Zelina, even though it feels a little rushed and we're like running to the finish line. But I enjoyed it. And I also liked the duel, the little duel that we saw. Mini duel. I know. I do wish that it was a little bit longer before like Zelina came crashing through, but obviously... We only have an hour episode, and if you remove commercials, that means we only have like 43 minutes for the episode. So I get it, but it would have been nice to have at least have seen Regina use some of her powers to try to stop Fiona, but I did like that Zelina crashed into her because I thought it was funny. And much like what Katie said, like this was a very dark and tense, intense episode so we did need like a little comic relief and that was brought to us a bit by Zelina a little bit by Granny and that kind of thing so yeah so overall a really great storyline for Regina and uh, it was nice to see the heroes get a win this episode so let's venture inside of the dream realm Emma and Gold enter it. They, they appear in a forest. And uh, Gold tells Emma that he wanted her with him so that she wouldn't try anything that uh, would uh, basically prevent 
him from finding Gideon's heart because had she been with the heroes and not in the dream realm like maybe she would have banished uh, Fiona for good and then um, you know Gideon's heart would have been lost forever so they end up finding a cabin in the woods not like the one in the movie but um, they end up finding a cabin in the woods and uh, they hear a baby cry coming from the cabin. And uh, this is where they realize that they aren't in Gideon's dream. They're in Gold's dream. And uh, the cabin that they're entering is like Gold's childhood cabin. And uh, as they are sort of like searching for Gideon in the forest. Emma and, and Gold sort of talk about both being abandoned by family and uh, Gold said that, says that his was different and uh, he assures Emma that he has no remorse for his mother that at the end of the day he will do what is needed. And then all of a sudden Gideon appears and uh, he thanks Gold for fighting for him, and uh, he he asks his son, you know, where is your heart? Where is your heart? And Gideon says that he honestly doesn't know that uh, the Black Fairy has hidden it away. And uh, he does mention that uh, he's proud of his father for making it this far. And he suggests, you know, still, like, poking around in this dream realm to, like, find out the truth. Because the Black Fairy has a secret that she doesn't want Gold to find out. And that uh, if, if Gold is willing to face it, he can use that secret as a, a bit of an advantage against the Black fairy and emma is like come on you know you can do this you know we've all been there you know the one thing that uh that we all question the one thing that we're all scared of as sort of like abandoned uh, orphan kids you know if you've gone this far you need to learn the truth and so um there's like a a a, a what do you call that like a like a bassinet type of thing. Yeah. And uh, in there is, is a blanket that was Gold's as a child. And so Gold like picks up the blanket and like looks into it to find out the truth. And so the three of them are um, transformed into... They, they um, teleport or whatever. They, the, 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 the force transforms into the flashback that we saw of uh, Fiona in uh, the fairy vault and her becoming the black fairy with the revelation that gold was to become the savior. And upon learning that, the three wake up, Regina's there, and uh, the, the wand is given to uh, Emma, but Emma's like, I don't think I'm the savior that's supposed to end the Black Fairy. And so she gives the wand 
to gold and gold uh, pieces of the wand back together so that night at the park gold meets with fiona and he lets her know that he knows the truth and uh fiona's like well you know you have an answer but you don't have the truth let me fill you in on the rest and so she grants gold the knowledge of basically what was the the final flashback not the final flashback because the final one is with malcolm i guess the second to the last flashback in which we saw uh the black fairy get banished and that uh, the black fairy uh, cut the gold's fate as a child and um she basically is like you know i changed your destiny to prevent you from becoming the savior and uh and Gold is like, you know, you you turned me into a coward. And Fiona is like, you know, well, do you understand what I had to do? And Gold's like, well, I was going to use the shears against my own son. And uh, they, they sort of, it seems as if they bond over basically their fucked up lives. You know, they're like, I made horrible decisions. You made horrible decisions. Do you understand why I made horrible decisions? I understand, but do you understand why I made horrible decisions? Because you made the horrible decisions, and yeah. And so, at the end, Fiona asks her son for forgiveness, and we're left with gold not really answering her. So, later on at Granny's, Gold returns to tell the group, basically, that uh, Fiona has been banished, and uh, he even brings this, like, black, moldy, charred heart to prove it. And so we end up seeing Gold give Gideon his heart back, and then uh, Gold tells Bell and Gideon that, uh, you know, they should know that whatever he does he does it to keep his family safe elsewhere at emma's home hook asks henry to be his best man operation best man at the upcoming wedding between emma and hook uh earlier at granny's like there was this little itty bitty line from snow that was like oh okay well now that she's gone you know i guess the wedding's tomorrow and yeah, and so apparently the wedding's tomorrow. And so Hook gives the rings to Henry before telling Emma that he is going to sleep elsewhere that night because he believes in superstition, he's a pirate, and all this kind of stuff. And so elsewhere, in a dark alley, under, I don't know if y'all noticed, a crescent moon, we see Ooh. that Fiona was not banished gold is meeting with her secretly and uh we're not certain fully as to what happened it seems as if gold like traded a or created a deal or did a deal with her for gideon's heart um and uh, like there's this whole talk about like gold being the dark one and how you know he has been seduced by the power much like fiona did and uh 
Gold makes a comment on basically saying how Belle and Gideon are asleep. And they're going to be safe from all of this. And they don't know about any of this. And then Fiona ends up saying, but there's still a savior out there. And the final battle will happen. And that she will die tomorrow. And then our family can be together forever. And uh, before I ask both of you what you thought of all this, um, at Granny's, we also learn that Gold, at least, told them that as he was banishing uh, Fiona away, that uh, he saved the Blue Fairy and that the Blue Fairy is recovering with uh, the other fairies. So. Oh, okay. All right. What do we think is going on? What are, What is your whole take on the Dream Realm stuff? What's your take on Bell and what he's doing with Fiona? Do we think they sparked a deal? Do we think Fiona ripped his heart out? Because she seems to like to do that. What is going on? And why is the wedding in 24 hours? Like, I don't understand that. I get it, we're rushing to the finale. So I guess that's why. But it was just, it was a weird throwaway line. And they didn't shoot it as Snow saying it. They were like filming, they had like other people's faces on it. So it made me seem as if they just dubbed the line in. Because maybe they knew that they had to rush to the finale. And so they were like, let's just do the wedding next. What what did we think of this? Tell me. Uh, and we'll start off with Katie. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it did kind of stick out to me. I was like, why does it have to be tomorrow? Like, this is a big thing. I know that Snow has been preparing for um, Emma's wedding for forever and like as we saw she had like that huge folder full of um ideas and everything but at the same time it was kind of like wow that's very fast i mean i understand like living in this town you probably want to do things like this fast because you never know what's gonna happen the next i know like the ogres invade by the Mm -hmm. weekend or something Exactly. Like, you never know what's going to happen. It feels like something is, oh, well, it really is. Something is always happening in this town. They're always getting another villain and or yeah. something bad. They defeat a course. villain and then another one comes into town. Yeah, like, pretty much. So, it's kind of one of those things where I understand why they're going to do it so fast. But, um, it did kind of stick out where it's like, oh, tomorrow? Well, that's fast. Because they just um, had a whole episode where they realized okay, let's not rush it. And Mm -hmm. even though they feel they've defeated the Black Fairy, it still feels really rushed. Yeah. I mean, like, we have to chalk it up to the fact that it's because uh, it's the end of the season and they had to rush it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) basically. for viewers, but... um... Yeah, I mean, there's no explanation except that the end is of near. The season is coming near, is happening in like two episodes. So I get it. But um, yeah, so 
otherwise, I really enjoyed some of these scenes. I loved that scene between Gold and the Black Fairy where they're having this very emotional scene. That was very raw and it was very real. And it made me feel a little bit for them. Um, Aw, look at Katie caring was, about the I know, villains. I was like, dang. This is Rumpel. Oh no, wait, wait, wait. I believe Brittany is turning your heart black. <gasps> yeah. Dang, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> I, Brittany did sacrifice a virgin during the full moon last month in hopes mm-hmm. that it would darken your heart, Katie. Oh, Lord. I need to go. <laughs> Uh, but otherwise, it was really good. That scene really stuck out to me, I think, in the whole episode. That scene really did stick out to me the most. Um, but I loved that we got to visit the dream world again, and they mentioned Morpheus. Because um, that was at the very beginning of this Yeah, season. and a lot of people thought that Gideon was Morpheus. And I, I feel like this finally, like, put a nail in that coffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like how we did get to visit the dream world again. Um, don't kind of like, like I, they, they said that we were going to visit the black fairies realm. We did visit the black fairies realm. We did during Gideon's flashback. Come on, Katie. You're a spoiler diva. Ignore me. Ignore me. (laughs) Anyways. Um, so yeah, it was nice to visit the dream realm again, and it was kind of creepy, like, the whole, when they're walking with the, they went into his house, and there was the, um, baby crib that was kind of rocking back and forth, and there was, like, this creepy lullaby. That was Fiona singing. Yeah, it was creepy. It was creepy. Katie, you cannot watch, like, The Ring or The Grudge with us. No. I I like horror movies. I like thriller movies, but that... I mean, like, no, it was creepy. We're going to watch Paranormal Activity together, Katie. What? Her voice was very nice. If that's really her voice, I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. what a pretty lullaby. Yeah, we heard her sing. It's crazy, but I like it. Like a precursor to the uh, musical episode. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) uh but yeah i loved how we got to see that i love how we got we had we we got to see um emma and rumple kind of bonding a little bit over the fact um that they were kind of abandoned and they had to grow up almost alone kind of um in a way i like how we got to see them forced bonding though because like he didn't want to bond with her yeah no he was like i'm not telling you shit like but she's like i know (laughs) what you're going through he's like why would you know her in there so bitch i know she's like you like kidnapped me so you don't listen to me (laughs) and 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 if it wasn't for what she said it wouldn't have happened so exactly Mm -hmm. um but i really enjoyed that we kind of got to see that and see like there are similarities sort of between them yeah Um, even though he probably would never admit it no but yeah i one thing i wanted to mention before we're finished with the whole thing i loved how because i don't think i mentioned this before but i loved how we got to see that rumple was prophesized prophesied to be the savior and i love how that kind of transferred over to um what was currently happening in the storyline where emma's like 
this whole prophecy about me dying or all of that is not or having to defeat the black fairy is not actually about me it's about rumple because that that was a big plot twist i was like oh but no see that's where i think they got it wrong because they didn't see the rest of the flashback because rumple's destiny was cleaved from him yeah he's no longer the savior which Mm -hmm. made emma the i guess the next savior that ended up happening yeah, pretty much. Being the and person like her- that has to defeat the Black Fairy. Yeah. That's right. So they, I mean, obviously they didn't see that part. Yes, I know. He he was too shocked that he's a savior. He woke up. I'm like, dude, I, if you would have stayed a little longer. But no. I think he, uh, but I think even if he doesn't have the label of save, uh, savior on him, that doesn't mean he can't do it and especially since it's his mom and now he has all this backstory as mm-hmm. a prediction i really think that he's probably going to be the one to to defeat her and not emma like i think emma's going to play a part but i think mm-hmm. the one who's going to defeat her is going to be rumple and in that instance i think he will die mm-hmm. or yeah. or it's going to be a combination of him and emma uh trying to kill the black fairy it's like two saviors together But Katie says that she disagrees with you because she feels that Rumpel does not die. I still feel like he doesn't die, but maybe he dies in one sense of the word. Okay, Okay, Katie's theory is, say it, because you have the Beauty and the Beast theory. Yeah, I guess that's the way to put it. I... I have a friend who is a big rumbeller and we talk a lot and she showed me this theory that I kind of agree with where um, it appear it would be that Rumpel would die in the sense that he dies as the dark one and he loses all of his power, but he survives without like he comes back to life and he doesn't have his power. He sacrifices his dark one powers but he comes back without them like I'm, i haven't looked at this in a while kind of so like I'm beauty and the beast to where yeah sort of like i mean because he is the beast like it would make sense but i i still don't think he's dying i have this weird feeling that he's not dying um i could be totally wrong like you could be laughing at me next season but well no i just think that because if they there is one epi- they had to put emphasis on the fact that even with the savior and whoever they have to kill, are they're going to fight. The mm-hmm. prophecy is that the savior will die fighting them, but that they'll save everyone's life. So I'm just saying that that's the prediction. But if we're once upon a time and Korra gets to go to heaven, I wouldn't be surprised that Rumble uh. maybe loses his powers and, mm-hmm. and he just lives a normal life without the temptation of like being the dark one and powers and magic and because he's yeah. not naturally ma- uh, powerful he got that from the dark one's dagger exactly so mm-hmm. yeah so i guess like, we'll yeah. see yeah i agree with that like he dies quote unquote yeah the dark one the yeah I, mm-hmm. i'm with both of those because we know how once upon a time is we don't know if it's gonna be that tragic yeah so. exactly Okay, that's interesting. What about you, Brittany? What are your thoughts on the dream realm and uh, the end of the episode? 
so the dream world was it was nice it was it was weird like i'm with you jeff i think the the pairing of rumple and emma is weird but i've always known that their paths were like similar i mean from the little that we knew of what happened to rumple um you know post-birth was that basically his we never even heard about his parents until like the mention of like season three and so it made sense that he was abandoned and then you know Gideon's abandoned too so it's like everybody has like something in common with Emma so them bonding kind of made sense and I knew Rumble was gonna be like all grumpy like uh, I'm not I'm not like you and it's like yes you are like yes you are and just listen to me so we can get the hell out of here like it's just <laughs> you know that I was just like Rumple, hurry up like, hurry up. I know you're scared of your life, whatever. I'm like, but look at Emma. Like, this is, this is, this scene and that storyline is the reason why I think Rumple never became a favorite character of mine. Because I'm always for the bad boy, the one that uh, rebels, rebe- rumbels, the one that rebels oh, or, <laughs> or is closed off and he only helps, like, the people he loves or whatever. But when I watch those TV shows, they also get, like, a really clear path of, like, redemption and growth where it's not all about that one person anymore. It's about the people around him. And because Rumpel's always like, well, family and my son, he doesn't even have a relationship with Henry. And that's just kind of, like, that makes me really sad because that means there's no growth in his character. He only cares about Belle and then his son. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that, but Henry is your grandson. You need to have something with him. And if he, it would have been nice to see Rumpel get to form some kind of bond with everyone else, considering he's had a lot of interactions with them, and that everyone's past is tragic, and that's how you, that's how you form bonds, honestly. Like that's how you create these strong um, relationships. So I was just like, man, we could have had this a long time ago. This could have been really nice. We could have seen Rumpel become a really big ally to to Emma in the long run. Like, maybe not best friends, but some somewhere to where they could go asking for help and it doesn't have to be a deal. It could have been something nice. So, that's okay, whatever. We got this. And uh, I really like that they got to see what happened in that last moment of how tense it was. And, you know, we're watching while they're watching. And it's really cool. Is we have Gideon there watching too and Emma's watching and it's just really cool. And I feel like, like you were saying, Katie, that maybe it took off some of the pressure from Eva to defeat the Black Fairy uh, because she because she sees that. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Like, I'm kind of happy. But like you said, Jeff, they didn't finish uh, the freaking thing. So they don't really know that he's, you know, severed from his fate. So in other words, I think the outcome might still be the same. But what happens during that time might be different. Like, it's not one savior versus the Black Fairy. It could be two or three or you know something like that or a combination even regina's in there you know like it, it it can be something different so um and that betrayal quote unquote of rumple uh i definitely think he's gonna be a double agent i think he formed yeah, the I deal agree. he played mm-hmm. it smart he formed the deal especially to get gideon's heart and that's why they had that little scene with him and bell and gideon where guys i just want you to know everything i do i do for you right there that told me that he was probably going to betray them quote unquote again and uh get the heart and that he would work together with the black fairy to get intel so that when something bad happens he'll be able to prevent it or stop it or something i think i would hope i would hope that that's what he's going to do 
because to be honest, the Black Fairy, it's not about killing, it is about killing Emma Swan, but uh, he, she still wants to be affiliated with them, and if he wants to get rid of his mother once and for all, he needs to double cross her. He cannot change her. He needs to double, he needs to. I think, I don't think she's shown any redemption, even in that scene that she had with him talking about how they're both the same. Um, she needs, he, she needs to go. So that means he needs to double cross her, even if he wants a mother or wants her. So that's just my prediction. I think he's in on it. Um, I would have liked it if he would have informed everyone else, but it's got to be more organic where everybody's like, oh my God, you betrayed us again. Oh my God, no, he was, you know, a double agent. He wasn't really doing it. Um, and that, that then proves that he is a savior at heart, even if he wasn't fated to be one anymore. So, Yeah. So overall, just great, great stuff, good emotional stuff. And I, like you said, Katie, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Jamie. I think she's just doing amazing. Mm-hmm. She's doing great. She's so pretty, too. So I'm like, yeah. oh, you could be my mom, but, <laughs> may, but maybe not. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, why couldn't they say, I guess that, that ending line that she has, you know, well, Emma is going to die tomorrow. I was like, well, it's not like she could say, well, Emma's going to die next week or in the next two weeks on her wedding day or, you know, like, it, so I guess I just have to say tomorrow to make it more dramatic. But I would have <laughs> liked the wedding to take place, like, maybe two weeks later or something. It feels really rushed. But, uh, oh, and Hook's stuff was adorable. That was just, I thought you, it we, was we, really cute. We, we guessed, or we thought it would be charming to be the best man, but I like I like Henry too. He has spent a lot of time with Henry. Could have been Archie as well. His therapist. <laughs> Dude, the best <laughs> oh my God. That would be funny. But I really liked that scene. That was adorable and superstitious. Uh, Captain Hook is my favorite kind of Captain Hook. Aww. I enjoyed the ending as well. There was a part of me that was like, does she have his heart? Like, what's going on? Yeah. But I like your theory of a double agent, and let's hope that that comes true. The Dream Realm, Dream World was, like, very weird. Like, they it used a, um, a really neat filter because it just, it made things just seem, like... Spooky. Spooky and, like, out of place and... Just kind of bizarre, which the was really between, nice. Yeah, the difference between like a flashback or a flash forward, it was just a dream world where it was like spookyish. Yeah, and, and also different than because like they've used filters for like different stuff in the past. I know a lot of people complained mm-hmm. about like the the reddish filter mm-hmm. from uh, mm-hmm. the underworld, but I kind of liked it because it made it seem like there, you know, someplace else else and and different Mm -hmm. and creepy and unknown people don't like it now here's why people don't like don't like the filters like um the darkness of neverland or the red filter of the underworld it's not because of the way that it's done when you're watching it it's because when they're trying to gif the episode it's very hard to like color the gifs because of the filters themselves oh if people want to like add effects to the gifs what if people want to add effects to the gifs yeah yeah like they turn out when you try to gif it it just turns out like everything looks super red and it just looks horrible so it was it just puts extra work on like the jiffers so uh that's why people don't like it oh hush jiffers just enjoy it (laughs) i'm just saying like i don't mind the different filters 
No, yeah, I like the filters too. It's just that when you're trying to jiff it, it just makes your job extra hard. Oh. <laughs> The, the, the teeny tiniest violin for the oh. jiffers yeah. out there. Justice for the jiffers. <laughs> there you go. But uh, but yeah, so <laughs> so the jiffs, they were... Uh, I mean, not the jiffs, the, the filter. <laughs> <laughs> the filter was like really neat because it was like, it was different and, and it made everything just seem like odd and out of place, which was really neat. Um... The surprising bonding between Emma and Rumpel was unexpected, and it was like a nice little treat, because even though we've seen them paired up um, at some point, you know, in, in seasons past, we've never really seen them, like, talk honestly with each other, and even Rumpel's like, you know, tread lightly, Miss Swan, you know, this is the farthest anyone's gotten me to open up, but uh, I'm glad that... She was there to witness uh, what he was dealing with. The only thing that sucked was, like, a part of me was like, okay, there's no way in hell the Black Fairy's dead. Because if she was dead, like, we would see it. Or not dead, because he was saying she was uh, banished and stuff. I'm like, we would have seen that. Like, that would have been, like, a a CGI-filled scene. No body, no death. Exactly, and and so I was like, why are all of you just all of a sudden buying what he's selling? But, you know, it's the heroes, they want to trust people, and they always hope They're for... Like, good, now I can get married, let's go. Yeah. Basically, yeah, they're always it, hoping for the goodness. Because, it was only because Emma was there, and she has, like, she's credible. Like, if you're going to believe Rumple or Emma, you're going to believe Emma. So, since Emma was there to see that he's the savior, and then they didn't see the rest of the the scene jeff so for them for her to explain to them what happened they just full-on trust him because he did the right thing and also because she was a threat to gideon so he had to do the right thing so i'll go with that but But it was still like why yeah (laughs) yeah but the ending scene was really neat just because it was it was so dark and twisted and i live there yeah, it was fantastic, and I did have to rewind, and I noticed that it was a crescent moon that they were standing under, which I thought was, like, really neat from the an effects standpoint. I was like, they could have made that a full moon or anything, but I, I like that it was a crescent moon. So, let's get into it, everybody. The MVP, the most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most, and why... The rule is simple. If somebody states a character, you must pick a different one. And I'm feeling very nice. So that means Katie gets to go first. Oh my gosh. I wasn't ready. Oh my oh. gosh, Katie. <laughs> the first time. The first time. Okay, no MVP I, for you, Katie. I, what? I said no MVP for you. No. I Okay, I, I'm going to go with my first instinct. I'm going with the black fairy because like I said before Jamie Murray did an absolutely wonderful job playing her character all the different stages of her character when she was giving birth to Rumple, when she was a new mother when she found out about the prophecy and started going crazy trying to find a way to find this child who was destined to kill her own child 
um, and then her transformation to the Black Fairy. Um, she did a phenomenal job playing the character, and it gave us an in-depth look into her character and gave us a reason for why she is the way she is, but she's also just, I mean, like, she's crazier than she needs to be, and that that's super fun um, to see transformed and play on the screen. Um, so I... I'm going with the Black Fairy just because she did a phenomenal performance in this episode. Mm-hmm. All right, now, Brittany, your MVP and why? Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> we all know why I'm mad. No, I'm just kidding. Because um, <laughs> Katie my... survives? <laughs> yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. Actually, um... My MVP is going to go to um, Regina because I feel like even if she wasn't too much in the episode and it wasn't really about her, I feel like the scenes she was in um, were outstanding and I think they were really emotional. We had the emotional and funny scenes with Zelina. And then we had the really intense moment where she knows she's no match for the Black Fairy, but she still wants to fight her to protect the town and everybody that she loves. So, like, to me, that's amazing. And she got to work this episode. She she was helping Zelina. Um, she figured out where the wand would be. Uh, she challenged the Black Fairy. Um, she has a backup plan in case things go wrong. Like, Regina is, like, the anchor. Like, she did a lot this episode, and... I just love her so much. So yeah, Regina for this uh, for this episode. Nice. I give the MVP to Zelina because for it being such a very dark episode, she really lightened the episode a lot with some of the comedic relief, in particular, like trying to build the crib and not having any magic and learning how to drive. I liked much like what you said in regards to. Regina, I liked her emotional scene with her sister in the car. I also liked that she saved the day in a sense without any magic because Regina would have died because Mm -hmm. we've seen her go up against the Black Fairy before and uh, the Black Fairy always gets the upper hand with uh, Regina and she always knocks her out and I don't like seeing my Regina get knocked out. So I like that Selena. I know she does. <laughs> Chumbawamba. And uh, is that where you're going? No. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> I was thinking the song. I get knocked down. That is Chumbawamba. Oh, I don't know who that is. Well, you know the song. Yeah, I don't know who Oh, my God. Well. She was making a pop culture <laughs> reference, listeners, and she didn't even know what the pop culture <laughs> reference was. Oh my gosh. Wrecked. Yes. <laughs> I, wrecked. I wrecked myself. You really did. <laughs> you are Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, she would she could have died, but Zelina came in and crashed into the black fairy which was spectacular and beautiful and i loved it so kudos to zelina and i want to give just a little teeny tiny honorable mention to uh, the blue fairy just because she's fabulous so there you go and uh 
Brittany Cosines. So now it's time to rate the episode from 1 to 10 apples. The point system is allowed. And if you deem an episode worthy of it, worthy of more than 10, you may grant it a golden apple. And we'll go in the same order. So that means, Katie, I hope you're ready. You're first. Okay, well thinking about it i uh, have kind of been bouncing back and forth between two Ooh. and i'm i'm gonna be i'm just i'm, I'm gonna be a little bit uh i don't know okay i'm just <laughs> oh I'm just my gosh katie I, I was trying to look for a word. I don't know. She's not prepared. Uh, I'm not prepared at all. I also can't speak tonight, apparently. Wow. Aww. Okay. I'm going to restart. I'm going to go with a golden apple. Ooh. I was kind of Ooh. bouncing around between a golden apple and a 10. Because, um, I mean, there were a few issues I had with the episode. Um, like, maybe... The fact that there seemed to be a lot of material in the flashback that could have been spread out between two episodes. But at the same time, like at this point in the game, I'm not going to complain too much because at least we got it. And it was very enjoyable the way they did it with what time they had. So I, it was just, it was such a good episode. I love Jamie Murray as a black fairy. She is, has become one of my favorite villains on the show. Um, she plays her so well. And we got, a lot of plot twists. I was not expecting the Rumple was prophesied to be the savior thing at all. And I love how they brought the Shears of Destiny back into um, the show and um, had the Black Fairy use them on her own son. And um, there was just, there was a lot of really good content in this episode. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. So it was a good episode. So I'm just going to go ahead and give it a golden apple. Well, damn. All <laughs> right, Brittany. Go ahead. How would you rate this episode? I am on the golden apple train <gasps> with yes! Katie. Choo-choo. Yes. Yeah, this episode was just really, really awesome. I think it answered a lot of the questions we had. Um, it had some twists in there that um, I'm pretty sure nobody saw coming. Unless you, like, maybe at the end of the episode, you're like, Oh, I totally saw this coming, or well, whatever. But some really good twists, <laughs> because there was more than one. So really cool with that. Um, I liked a lot of the interactions. Nobody really annoyed me. I mean, Selena a little bit, but like like you said, it was more for comedic than it was to to you know get a fight between them going. It was something there. Was, it was for something else. So I really liked that. Uh, Regina stuff was good. Blue, the blue fairy stuff was good. The black fairy, all her stuff was good. We even got a little bit of Captain Swan at the end. Um, we got some touching moments. Like everything was just well done it was with a little nice bow in this episode plus the ending was really fantastic it just sets up the next three episodes and i think if we weren't hyped before i think we are now because we, we want to know what's going on with rumple and you know is he a double agent like i said or is he really with her and then at the last minute he's gonna help everyone out or like what's gonna happen like we're excited and i think that makes a good episode so golden apple Chumbawamba. Yes. 
Is that really the name of the bad guy? <laughs> yes. Oh that my is... gosh, I didn't realize that either. What the heck? You see? So Katie's with me. See? Oh, and she was like making fun of you. Yeah, like that's just so wrong. <laughs> Wait, the the t- plot twist so is that. Yes, I was just about to say that, Katie, but you ruined it. <laughs> I was about to say the plot <laughs> twist was that Katie is double agent. Holy yeah, I'm shit. pulling a rumple here. Wow, Katie, you didn't have my back. You're just laughing at me. <laughs> She's crap. letting you to die out there with the wolves. We all know who the Black Fairy is now. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Plot twist. <laughs> well, damn. Alright, so, you know what, I'm going to agree with both of you, because I was sort of torn between a 10 and a golden. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so I, I was torn as well, and I am going to agree, this is a golden apple episode. It was. We got some plot twists, we got some scenes that we probably never thought we would see, we got some really great bonding from characters that maybe we didn't expect to bond uh we got some like not some we got a lot of forward movement with just character relationships as well as with the plot we might be rushing to the end but uh we're rushing in a very fun and um twisty plot twisty i should say and uh just it, it, it feels good. I just wish... Maybe it's like the part of me that just wishes we had a little bit more time. And, and that's why it feels so rushed. But even if it is rushed, I am enjoying the ride. Which is good. And uh, I am so pumped for the rest of the episodes because of this episode and, and what happened. Because this episode really sort of um is is like the catalyst for what's to come in the next three episodes that we will see over two airings which i'm really excited about so because of all that and so much more (laughs) a golden apple so katie now that we've dug into our bushels and uh (laughs) given golden apples i know that you have some interesting spoilery scoops to share i do it's time to get a little spoilery let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of once upon a time this is an official spoiler alert spoiler alert As always, you can check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash storybrookweeklymirror, and you can visit my site at storybrookmirror.tumblr.com. Just a forewarning for people who might visit our sites. Um, This actually, yeah, Tuesday night, so May 2nd, they will be screening the Once Upon a Time musical episode to a select number of guests who emailed them first. I think it was like the first 100 people who emailed them when they put out the announcement. So they will be screening the musical episode to them. So there will be lots, lots of spoilers coming out for the musical episode. And if you don't want to see them, I would suggest staying away from the internet. Block <laughs> I would say Storybook would Mirror say, on Tumblr. Block yes, them. For sure, stay away from them. If you are yes. a Tumblr and you have <laughs> and you have no don't a, stay away um, from katie 
the, well, okay, maybe this week if you don't want spoilers, I give you permission. But if you have, if you are on Tumblr and you have a, um, what's it called, the tag, the tag thing where you can block tags, you can block posts with certain tags. I'm totally losing what Katie, it's called right Katie, you're now. like the Tumblr you know, specialist. I know, I know. You will know what I'm talking about when I'm saying this if you're on Tumblr. If you are, block the tag. I'm going to double check. But block the tag O-U-A-T musical spoilers. And those are all three separate words. So block those and then you will not hopefully see our posts. We will also be putting posts that have full recaps or anything like that under a cut. I am actually not going to be paying attention to those spoilers. I'm only going to look at the officially released spoilers because I want I don't want to be completely spoiled for this episode before it airs because I am super psyched for this episode and the promo completely sold me. Like I was sold before and I know there were a lot of people who were apprehensive about it, but the promo itself sold me. Um, we got to see a little bit of uh, Jennifer Goodwin and Josh Dallas singing together, and they sounded so good. Um, and then, if you've been around the internet at all today, there were like 5,000 things released on the on the musical episode today. There was several articles. Um, there, were, um, there was a B-roll tape that was released that you can hear Jennifer Morrison singing her song and she sounds amazing. There was also just recently released a sneak peek to Hook's song and it is it's great. Oh my gosh, he's singing about revenge and how revenge is going to be mine, but he sound it's amazing. The choreography is great. The lyrics are great. Colin sounds amazing. Um it's this episode is going to be so good. I am so excited. Um, but I'm going to kind of try to condense everything that came out and let you know what's come out. Because um, there have been a lot of exciting things. Um, if you want to see videos of the cast talking about the episode, um, they did release um, sound bites for press. And we condensed like we took Jen and Colin they had like 50 million separate 30 second videos so what we did is we took all of Jen and Colin's 30 second videos and condensed them into one video and then we took like Snowy or Jennifer Goodwin and Josh Dallas we took Jared Gilmore's Lana Perea's Rebecca Mater Adam, Adam and Eddie and then the two guys who um the composers and we also took the executive producer. So if you want to see all those separately, you can go to our site to find those. Um, but otherwise, regarding the interviews that came out today, um, D23 came out with a bunch of, or came out with like an interview with um, Adam and Eddie. And here's, here's some of the things that they revealed. They asked, so wh why exactly is everyone singing? This was actually done by TV Line, just throwing that one out there. Um, Adam and Eddie finally gave us an answer, and here's what they said. 
They said, simply said, we learn in flashbacks that Snow White, when pregnant with Emma, inadvertently casts a spell that makes highly emotional people only able to express themselves through song. That allows for musical numbers both in the Enchanted Forest of Yesteryear as well as in present-day Storybrooke when the spell resurfaces. And then D23 came out with an interview, and I kind of expanded upon that a little bit. Um, They asked... What causes a spell to happen? Like, how does Snow inadvertently cast a spell? They said, I would say, in true Disney fashion, it happens when you wish upon a star. And we kind of saw that in the promo where it appeared that Snow was wishing upon a star. And then we see all the singing happening. So, I kind of like it. I think it's fun. I like how it ties into the mythology of the show. And it's not like people are randomly singing. Because that wouldn't have made sense since they haven't been singing in the past. Um... I like how they kind of went with that. It's going to it's gonna be interesting to see how it translates on the screen. But like I said, the sneak peeks and the B-roll tapes and all of that so far have been phenomenal. They've really blown it out of the water, I think. So I'm excited to see what happens. Um, they also said, here's a quote from the D23 article. They asked, is there going to be singing at the wedding itself? They said, the wedding will be full of song and cheer because you can't have a musical episode and have a wedding without a song. The wedding encompasses everybody, the town, and how much Emma means to everybody. And at the same time, it's still personal and intimate between the two of them. Um, Regarding any special guests that could be returning for the episode, we'll go over some of those in the press release that was released. Um, But I'm wondering after reading this quote from them, if there are people who were not on the press release that may appear. Here's what they said. We believe there will be some surprise guests and some of our favorite Storybrooke residents singing. So I think it'd be fun if there was people who aren't on the press release um, that appear for like a few seconds. Um, Especially since this, this is supposed to be wrapping up the current storyline or this season is wrapping up what we've known of Once Upon a Time for six seasons now. So I think it would be fun to see how many guest stars they could get um, just to kind of reflect back on what we've had in the past mm-hmm. six seasons. I remember in a filming spoiler that I think either you said, Katie, or maybe it was on your site, there mm-hmm. was Tiger Lily in a wedding dress, or, or might that have been Tiger Lily in her fairy outfit not a wedding dress but in like a fancy ball dress dress. not wedding (laughs) dress but like a fancy going to a wedding ball dress type Um, of thing you know what i think you're right i'm it might have been her fairy dress but i am not sure so i guess we'll find out um Another really exciting thing came out today. They released the seven title, or sorry, the eight official title songs for the episode. And then they kind of, um, they kind of, um, explained what each song is, who's singing in it, and what it's about. So, I'm going to go over those really quickly. The first song is called Powerful Magic, and Jennifer Good- this is the duet between Jennifer Goodwin and Josh Dallas, and here's what they had to say about Powerful Magic. They said, 
I think what I love most about Snow and Charming's duet is there is a very pilot feel to it in a sense. Jennifer Goodwin and Josh Dallas were so excited to do the musical that when you watch them do their duet, in fact, throughout the whole episode, their enthusiasm is like you can feel it. You can see it on their face, and they're so excited, and it really just makes them come alive. I don't know how to describe it other than it's it's the snow and charming you love the most. The second song is called The Queen Sings, and this one is um, sung, obviously, by Lana Priya. Um, other people featured in the song are Lee Ehrenberg, um, who plays Grumpy, Tony Amendola, who plays Geppetto, Beverly Elliott, who is Granny, Jennifer Goodwin, and Josh Dallas, who we know as Snow and Charming, of course. And this song is described as the Evil Queen song. Um, Eddie said that I think one of the goals for this episode was if you watch Once Upon a Time, you know that a Rumpelstiltskin episode is much different in tone than a Snow and Charming episode, and we wanted the songs to reflect the people who are singing them. So Wicked Always Wins is a Zelina song, and the Evil Queen song is very much a Regina song. For the tone, I think we say it's kind of David Bowie meets Rocky Horror. The third song is titled Love Doesn't Stand a Chance, and it features Lana Perea, Lee Ehrenberg, Tony Amidala, Beverly Elliott, Jennifer Goodwin, and Josh Dallas. So the same people from before. And they they uh, describe this song. Oh, wait. They didn't describe this song. Well, apparently there's a song called Love Doesn't Stand a Chance with all it the same It could people. be because they split one song into it two. Could, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking this might be that song. Mm-hmm. Yep. You are right. Oh, okay. In this article that I'm reading, they she actually only went over five of the songs and gave in-depth description of, that, of them. Okay. Well, there you go. So... The next song is called Revenge is Gonna Be Mine, and this was in the sneak peek that I was talking about earlier. Definitely look at this if you're okay with looking at sneak peeks. It's great. And it is sung by Colin O'Donohue and the Pirates. It's really, it's it's so cheesy, but it's cheesy in the best possible way. Um, Colin sounds great. And it's just, it's so fun. And Snow and Charming are there. They don't sing, but they are there. So it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they talk about this. Because from what we know, Snow and Charming met Hook in season two. So some fans went to Adam on Twitter about this. And they're like, this doesn't make sense. Um, Snow and Charming were supposed to meet Hook in season two, and this is like way before that. Um, so he said there is a reason, and yes, they will explain it. So, or yes, they he did they did meet them for the first time in season two, and there is a reason for this, and they will explain it. So, I'm gonna sit back and wait for that. <laughs> After you sing, you forget. Apparently, that's what I'm guessing. <laughs> Um, the next song is titled Wicked Always Wins, and of course, this is sung by Rebecca Mater. If you are interested also in the B-roll tape, the very beginning of the B-roll tape is a preview of Rebecca Mater singing. Um, 
Adam said that this is a solo for Zelina. She is amazing, and Rebecca does a phenomenal job with that song. We don't want to give away exactly what's going on in it, but it's all sort of pertaining to the stuff that is happening. And then Eddie added, I would say that this is Zelina's moment to shine, and she's never been shy of the spotlight. The next song is titled Charmings versus the Evil Queen, and of course this would include the both Jennifer and Josh and Lana Perea. And we don't have a description of this, but I'm going to guess it's a song of the both of them battling each other. And in a previous interview, Josh Jales kind of described this one as um, using their singing, their words as weapons against each other. Um, the next song is titled Emma's Theme, and this is Jennifer Morin Morrison's big solo. Um... They described it as, or Adam said, Emma has a big solo. Um, it's super emo it's a, it is a super emotional song that really, we hope, kind of expresses the essence of the character and in many ways sums up her, her journey thus far. And then the last one is titled A Happy Beginning. This one starts off with Jennifer Morrison and Colin Donahue duet and is eventually joined by Jennifer Goodwin, Josh Dallas, Lana Priya, Rebecca Mater, Jared Gilmore has a small line, and then everyone else in the town singing. So it starts off with the duet and then ends with everyone else singing. And they describe this one. The, they said, the inspiration was that we wanted this wedding to not just be about the two of them. It's about the whole town. How everyone is facing this together and how this family has come together. So for us, we wanted to start with Emma and Hook singing, but then stretch out to everybody because that is the core of the show. So that's those are kind of the breakdown of the songs. I'm super excited. I'm going to predict that Emma's theme and A Happy Beginning are going to be my favorites. Um, probably, but I'm excited for them all. Um, so keep on the watch for potentially more sneak peeks coming out later this week. And then if you are interested and you would like to, all of these songs will be available to buy on iTunes on May 5th. So this upcoming Friday and two days before the episode airs. So we will definitely post a link when they, they are available to buy. Um, so be looking forward to that. There was a thing that came out earlier this week that was talking about a potential episode that they were kind of throwing around doing in the season, but they ended up deciding not to do. And here's here's what it was. It was a vignette or vignette style episode that would wrap up storylines for secondary characters such as Lily and Will Scarlet and Anastasia. Unfortunately, it did not make it into the season this year, though it could still happen in the future, maybe in a potential season seven. But basically, what their idea was, was that since Henry has a storybook, he was going to be, it would like open up to their stories or something, and we would kind of get flashbacks to what happened. Um, but they decided not to go with that this season, so maybe in the future. We shall see. Um, as for who we will not be seeing in the musical episode, Gideon and Belle apparently will not be in the musical episode. We will be seeing Rumple, though he probably, I mean, it was confirmed in the, um, in the music list. He will not be singing. So those are the people, the three people who will not be singing for sure and not be seen. Um, and then we do have a press release for the next episode. And here, here's what it reads. 
This is for the 20th episode, the musical, titled The Song in Your Heart, and it was written by David H. Goodman and Andrew Shamblees. In flashbacks, Snow and Charming make a special wish that Emma will be protected. The result of their wish has the whole kingdom bursting into song, which infuriates the evil queen. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, the Black Fairy announces her plans to unleash another curse on the town while Emma and Hook prepare for their wedding. And then going over the guest list, of course, we'll have the dwarves. Um, Marco Geppetto will be there. Mother Superior, the Blue Fairy will be there. Archie, Archie will be there. Granny will be there. Um, who else will be there? A, kind of a fun cameo. Giancarlo Esposito is returning as Sydney. Um, he will be in the episode, which is fun. Christopher Gauthier is returning as Smee, which you can see in the sneak peek. Um, Jack Davies will be appearing as young Pinocchio again. And also McKenna Grace is coming back as young Emma for the episode. So that's, those are some of the guests. You didn't read my favorite one, Katie. Which one? Older girl? Yes. (laughs) I'm excited for older girl. That's what I want to be listed as if I ever get in a, uh. In a show, man. You want to be older girl? Guest starring. Older girl. Yes, Brittany would be old lady. Ari Guzel. I would. Ari Guzel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we have ratings for the Black Fairy episode. And this is exciting. It went up another tenth in the demographics from an Ooh. 0.8 to an 0.9. And then it also went up quite considerably i would say from 2.63 million viewers i think it was to 3.03 million viewers so this is good news hopefully next week we'll at least stay steady i'm ex- i want to make a prediction that will go up to at least the 1.0 <gasps> but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep my sights set on it, it at least staying steady so they're doing a lot of press for this next episode, so I think it's going to garner a lot of a lot of attention. So I hope that it will go up. So we'll see. We will. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Once again, here is our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com/archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash storybrookeweeklymirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookeweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror 
every Tuesday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives. Good night. Mm-hmm.